Hello, my friends, and welcome to Joke and Joe's Wrestling Radio, right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I'm Jolton Joe, along with my co-hosts, the new mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, and the godfather of the Rewind Wrestling Network, Terrible Ted. Get ready for some skull-crushing wrestling chatter. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Cholton Joe Wrestling Radio Show here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. Unfortunately, during this episode, we did have thunderstorms in all three states from which we were recording. And so because of that, some of the signal for the internet was not at its peak performance. So you're going to hear some distortion in today's show. We apologize for that inconvenience. Please be cautious of it as you're listening, if you're listening on earbuds. And uh, we will do our best to correct this issue moving forward. However, we can only do so much with the internet connection. Folks, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jolton Joe Wrestling Show here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. My name is Ted, and unfortunately, the guy who normally makes this introduction, Jolton Joe, is not with us tonight. He had a family emergency, couldn't join us on the show. We are, uh, we're all praying for you and, and yours over there, Joe, so you know, hopefully we'll get you back next week. But enough about the sad things. Let's talk about professional wrestling with the co-host, the original co-host of the oh, Jolton Joe Jolton Wrestling Joe Radio Show, the new mouth of the South, Mr. I'll Put Anybody Over, Tyler Peters, in the orange at the bottom of your screen there. Tyler, it's wonderful to have you on tonight, man. Man, it's, it's great to be here with you, Ted, the Godfather, and Colton Fleetwood. I, I'm looking forward to this really pumped up. Excellent, man. We're, and, and yes, we are super excited yeah. to have our guest this evening, the owner of Fleetwood Entertainment. He is a sports commentator, a sports broadcaster, and uh, he has quite a story to him. Hailing from the great state of Oklahoma, that is Mr. <laughs> Colton Fleetwood. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, when I got asked to do this, I was pretty flattered uh, and really honored to do it. So happy to be here with, with you guys. And, you know, I enjoy getting some wrestling knowledge. I've been talking to Tyler for, for a good while and oh, yeah. uh, love, love hearing Tyler's knowledge. And I love what you said about Tyler putting anybody over, you know, he never has a negative thing to say. And I love that. Um, I wish I was that positive. So I, whenever I'm feeling so negative, that's, that's the guy I need to talk to is Tyler. Cause he makes me feel more positive, especially about the world of wrestling. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Tyler's got uh, a couple other projects that he works on. He has uh, his podcasts that he does independently. And then he's also part of um, All Everything Entertainment, which you can find on our website. You can find a link to those guys and to Tyler um, on our website, which is uh, posted in the description for the video or the podcast, wherever you're listening from. Well, folks, we have, a, we have a long night ahead of us here. We're going to talk a little bit with Colton here. And then, Colton, as I understand it, you're going to join us for the remainder of the show. And we're going to talk some, uh, some wrestling for the week here. And we're going to make predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house. And uh, that's how we'll wrap up the show tonight. Now, I know that Tyler has about 7,300,000 questions for you. Um, the number goes up exponentially as the show goes on, but he, you know, he comes up with these questions so fast, you can't even put them on paper. And, um, you know, so Tyler's going to, going to come, come around with some questions for you. But the first thing I have to just say, man, is, uh, 
you know, I'm just really happy to have somebody on the show who is not just a wrestling person, but also has a lot of outside experiences, um, a fellow, someone from the, the music industry, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a music teacher full time and I've done my fair share of performing and running around doing that. And, uh, and also someone that, that's also in the broadcaster booth, um, you know, Tyler is an, aspi- an aspiring commentator and he does all of his stuff and you can see his stuff on Twitter and, uh, and you know, I, he does a fantastic job with that. And then I also commentate for a, uh, for a local independent organization uh, here in Pennsylvania. So thank you very much for coming on with us tonight. Tyler, I know you've got a million and one questions for the man. Yeah, so uh, a couple thousand. Only a couple thousand. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. We'll start, start with, I'm going to give you a random number. Start with question. Uh, Ten thousand seventy-two. All right, okay, go ahead. that works. Yeah, that works. We can do that. Yeah, cool. Uh, you know, speaking of that, what Ted was covering, it was a great segue with all the commentary and stuff. How'd you get started in that? Tell us your background into getting into commentary broadcasting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, when I was eighteen years old, I gra- when I graduated high school, uh, my first thought was I want to be a sports broadcaster. Uh, my hero is Jim Ross. I mean, my oh, whole yeah. childhood, I could I could sit there and not even watch the wrestling show and just listen to Jr. and I would be okay. So that was honestly my biggest influence getting into it. And so I went to American Broadcasting School. Um, I did most of it online and and really learned how to become a disc jockey, playing music, um, doing different things like that. And so that's how I got my start. My first job was with a semi-pro football team uh, here in Oklahoma City called the Oklahoma City Bounty Hunters. And when I first got that job, I wasn't so sure about it, but um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it taught me a lot. It humbled me a lot, too, because my first game, I think we had like five viewers. And so that really helped me a lot to be able to uh, humble me down. And so after that, I went into the music business, kind of got away from it for a while. And then uh, I got a really good offer from the Oklahoma Sports Network here and uh, they've kept me really busy this last year. So my start really was just almost luck and knowing people and then going to school and, and trying to learn the craft. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Very cool. And, you know, Jim Ross being your hero, um, you know, Jim Ross on AEW last night was almost coaching the commentary team and telling them how yeah. proud he was of them. And it was just so cool. And uh, he's certainly one of the best in the industry. So that's really awesome that he's kind of your idol there. That's mm-hmm. that's really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and honestly, like you said, a lot watching the show last night, and and really since AEW has started, Tony Schiavone, I, I'm a big fan of Tony as well. Um, I heard Excalibur talk about how good he's doing on on the promos and and for the commercials for the network and stuff, which is what Tony really specializes in. Um, it's it's definitely taken Tony a while to get back into wrestling form because wrestling's changed a lot since he was in the business in WCW. Um, you know, just for example, the Tope Suicida, which Excalibur loves to spout. Um, that's something that, that you may not have heard back in those days from those announcers. And so there's a lot of moves, a lot of new stuff. So Tony's coming along. I think he's getting better. And Excalibur, Tyler, I think I, I told you this. Yeah. When I first started, I was like, man, they've got to find a new announcer. They can't have Excalibur up there. I was yeah. super negative. And now I love Excalibur. I think he's really come along. They've all three really come together in a zone and, and become really smooth. And I've really enjoyed their broadcast the last, you know, couple months really has been really good. And I think it dates back. Their best broadcast was, was uh, revolution. I thought that was such a good broadcast and really such a great pay-per-view. And since then they've really hit a groove. Yeah, you're right. I agree with that. They found yeah. a rhythm. Mm. And it's a shame that 
you know, right after revolution, the brakes kind of got put on everything. You know what I mean? That yeah. was like, they hit their stride and then poof, you know, <laughs> we, yeah. we lost everything. But, um, but yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think, I think your, uh, your assessment of that is, is pretty spot on. Tyler, what do you got, man? Question. Uh, let's go 20,453. <laughs> That's it. No, here, you brought up music, man. I, you know, and, and Ted's into music, you know, I like music too. Who are some of your your favorites that you maybe got to meet or work with? Speaking of music, kind of a non wrestling question, but since we brought it up, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I could talk about the music stuff all day long. You know, my favorite person that I've ever met. It was such an honor for me. Uh, I got to meet Loretta Lynn, and you know, for me, being the big classic country music fan that I am. Uh, that was a pretty big uh, honor. Um, just shaking her hand, I didn't want to wash it for weeks. Um, that was a big deal for yeah. me. And, of course, I met uh, Merle Haggard. Uh, meeting Merle Haggard was a, a really big deal to me. That's probably my favorite singer of all time. And uh, his son, Ben, and I are still somewhat friends. We keep in touch from time to time. And uh, so that was those are probably my two, my two favorites. And then more newer country music, uh, Easton Corbin, uh, getting to meet him and work with Easton really was an honor um and then of course uh, the one person that i think most people know this about I'm, I'm pretty good friends with in fact i don't think you can see it behind me but a couple gifts that i've gotten from the guy brad paisley um you know we worked with brad a lot got to go hang out with him in nashville at the bridgestone arena um which was really cool for me so those are some of my favorites um you know and i love rock music as well i, I think all music is is wonderful and um, you know, collect, Collective Soul, Candlebox, guys like that are some of my favorites, and I've met those guys as well. Yeah, that's very cool, man. That, that's neat. I just love uh, hearing that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, you know, you were on the road a whole lot. You did a whole lot of touring. Yeah, it was an honor to meet those guys. And uh, mm -hmm. you did a whole lot of touring. And so when we, you know, when, when musicians think about touring, we think about, okay, gig 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 but you were if i understand correctly you were on the managerial side of this um mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about you know because i have to assume well like i know you know not not to a huge extent but i know that a traveling wrestling organization faces a ton of just logistical nightmares right and yeah. uh, i can only imagine that it's the same for the music industry you know on the you know on the bigger stage you know i've never done the the big, big, big stages around the country type of thing, but I've gone around the area and I've had my fair share of nonsense. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the, uh, the logistics stuff that you had to encounter there. You know, and, and you made a good point. It is, it's really similar to the wrestling business. Uh, you know, maybe not quite as, as bad because you're not putting your body on the line like wrestlers are and taking bumps all every night. But um, you know, with music for me, my, my biggest thing was getting to the hotel and hoping that the hotel didn't give our room away. That was a, always a nightmare uh, doing shows. You know, when you'd show up in New Orleans, for example, we showed up and they gave our hotel room away. And it was three in the morning and we were exhausted, ended up having to sleep in this small little cargo van, uh, which was not comfortable for our guys, especially since we had just gone on, it was, I think, our fourth night on the run. Um, but that's the big thing, you know, making sure you – uh, know where you're going, getting the correct directions, having it prepared, and also knowing what time to load in. Um, you know, we always in the music business talk about be a chameleon, um, be prepared for anything. I mean, it's 
you may show up and the, the headliner that you're opening for may not, he may be late. So you can't do a sound check until the headliner does his. That's the rule. Um, the opening act can never do a, a sound check first, and that's always a pain. So we've had several several times where we struggled to find the right hotel room because they gave our room away, and then we'll get to the show, and the headliner's not there, and we may not even get to do a sound check. So those are some of the biggest things. Um, of course, we did most of our traveling through cargo van, but uh, when you do, when you get into an, the flying aspect of it, that brings up a whole new deal as a manager, trying to make sure that these guys are staying out of trouble, not drinking too much on the plane, not popping Xanax pills on the plane, you know, different things like that, which I'm sure in the wrestling business, it's, it's very, very similar, maybe uh, in my experience, probably a lot worse. Um, I, you know, I know that Jim Ross talks about his uh, plane ride from hell and different mm -hmm. things like that um, in his mm -hmm. new book, Under the Black Hat. And, uh, <laughs> so that's, but that's a big part of it. You know, there's a lot of similarities there. It's just really the biggest difference is not taking the bumps on a night to night basis. Nice plug for JR's book there, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Very, well yeah. Very well done. <laughs> it's a great book. And I really do recommend it, honestly. Yeah, I want to read that for sure. Yeah, terrific. Tyler, what do you got, man? Well, I... Surprise, I've got more. What I was going to ask you, Cohen, hey, speaking of wrestling, when did you first discover it as a kid? I mean, what got you hooked? I mean, what your first promotion that you started watching? Yeah, you know, that's uh, funny because I knew that that question would probably come up, and I was trying to think about it last night. And I remembered very well, my dad, my mom and dad were not wrestling fans. They're still not. Um, but I, I remember my first night watching, wrestling it was 1998 uh, I couldn't tell you the exact date but it was Monday Night Raw okay. I was up late because I was very sick at you know five or six years old and it was for the European title this was the first match I ever watched it was X-Pac versus D'Lo Brown and so uh, X-Pac kind of has that special place in my heart because of that uh, I was a big fan of his and of course he later teamed with Kane so I was a big Kane fan and oh, yeah. um, so the Attitude Era was right up my alley uh, being a small kid, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but uh, my parents thought that it was still as it was in the Hulk Hogan days with the vitamins and the milk and, <laughs> and that stuff. So uh, they didn't know what I was really watching, but uh, that's really when I watched, started watching wrestling. And really, ever since then, I've never stopped. Um, really just fell in love with it right away and just everything about it, the, from the soap opera aspect of it to the wrestling part of it. And now, as I'm getting older, of course, reading the stories um, from guys, you know, like The Undertaker's last ride on the WWE Network. Sure. Man, that's amazing. For, for guys like us that, you know, grew up watching The Undertaker, literally thinking this guy was like a demon, you know, kind of seeing him now as a personal, you know, showing his personal life, I think it's really special. And it's a cool, really good documentary. If you haven't watched it, to the listeners, I, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, he also did an excellent interview just recently on uh, Busted Open Radio. He and, he, he and Michelle both were on the same episode. Uh, yeah. And you can catch that on their, on their uh, podcast. Not that I should be promoting other podcasts on this podcast, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just tough because as wrestling fans, like, you got to point people the right, in the right place. You know, one of the sure. things that we pride ourselves on yeah. here is, you know, we're fans talking to fans, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No so doubt. that's uh, – you know, but for sure, go check that episode out if you're if you're a fan of Taker because he he's pretty point blank in it, and it's pretty cool to see his relationship with Mark Henry a little bit more in depth as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, both those guys are Texas guys too. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Hey, the so, Longhorns. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Tyler, what you got, man? Give me, give me question. Uh, I'm gonna break into the millions. Give me question three million seven hundred thousand three hundred and fifty-two. Okay. Here, here we go. Speaking of Jim Ross, this goes back to him. What's your favorite match that he's called or favorite line? I was wow. thinking of that. Now I know it's a tough one, but I know how much you love Jim Ross, so I'm going to that one. That, that's a tough one. You know, one of the lines I use when I broadcast, uh, I use it a lot, actually. And I don't think a lot of people that don't watch wrestling probably don't know where I got it from. But I love tougher than a $2 steak. Oh, yeah. uh, I say it quite frequently. And uh, <laughs> makes me makes my if you have people haven't heard it, they always laugh. And then, of course, uh, bowling shoe ugly, um, which always gets me because there's nothing uglier than a bowling shoe. So uh, that's always a good one. But as far as my favorite match you ever called, that's really difficult. You know, um, he going back on the network and you watch some of his stuff from even when he was in WCW. And I still think that was Jim Ross's as a as a play by play announcer. That was his prime, you know, mm-hmm. because he didn't have Vince McMahon in his ear. And you can right. tell now, especially now, when I look back at matches from the Attitude Era, Vince was in his ear so much telling him what to say and what not to say, stuff like that. But. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I agree with him. Uh, uh, as far as my favorite match, yeah. And when, when Stone Cold came back at Backlash in 2000, um, Jim Ross was so fired up for that. That has to be probably my favorite match that he's, that he's ever called. Not that that was my favorite match, but it was definitely my favorite match that he ever called. And, I, and, and Backlash, that's a whole other subject. But I thought that was a great pay-per-view in 2000. Yeah, I mean, classic lines. And you could tell the relationship that – that Jim Ross and Steve Austin had, just to your point. You could tell they yeah. passed him with hair. Yeah, so I agree with you. Yeah, it's a no tough doubt. one. That's, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's an excellent, excellent one to pick. I, I remember watching – I remember renting the VHS tape of that from the video <laughs> store so that I could watch <laughs> it because my parents didn't have cable at that point. You know, <laughs> just shows you how much older than I am than, you know, at this point. But – uh all right, guys. So we're here with uh, with Colton Fleetwood, and uh, we are talking a little bit of wrestling. We're talking a little bit about Colton's past. Uh, Colton, one of my follow-ups for you here is that you are now in, in sports broadcasting. You had previously been in the music industry. What was your transition like from doing the travel schedule, being a manager, to being in the booth? Well, I got a lot more sleep. I think that was the, that was the biggest thing, Um, you know, uh, but honestly, it was, it was, it was something that was needed for me. Um, You know, and that's one thing we talk about that grinding road schedule. Um, It's so hard on those guys, you know, and and people don't realize it. That's such a challenge being away from your families and stuff like that. But uh, going into the broadcast booth, you know, when I took years off from it, I was nervous, you know, that first night back in the booth, it was a high school football game and it was a big one. And I think the game ended up going to overtime, but it's just like anything else when you get going and something that you love, uh, you settle in pretty quick. So that was, that was really the way it was for me. I I got into the booth. I was super nervous and I'm one of those guys. I I absolutely hate having a script in front of me. I don't like to read off a paper. I want to talk to you. Uh, kind of like the way I'm talking to you guys now. It, it, if it's a conversation, it comes across more natural, and it just seems like 
you know, like I'm talking to you directly. So that's what I did when I got in the booth. I just, you know, com commentated the game as if I was sitting next to you in the living room in a lazy boy. And it was a lot of fun. And really, just like anything else, you get in a groove because you love it and you get comfortable. And so that was really the only transition uh, for me was just getting back to going into the sports and, and uh, not being on the road so much. You know, I can, I can, uh, I can almost, you know, feel that exact transition. I was a high school band director for a, uh, for a long time. And, you know, I literally, I would have marching band season would start in April to get ready for competitions in September. We would be competitive from September to November. Indoor drumline, indoor color guard would start in October for their competitions to begin in February and go February through, through April or May in the middle there, I would have jazz band, which would, start, you know, which would start wow. in September and go up through, uh, up through May, June, and all of those were competitive. And so I was just constantly on a grind, constantly going, and that wasn't even doing the stuff for the plays and stuff like that. And then I, I left that job and I went to the middle school where I teach now. And I, I, I took a general music job where I wasn't, you know, on the road 24 seven, you know, I went from working yeah. 70 hours a week to working my, you know, my 40 hours a week, you know, along with my other jobs that I do, you know, I teach karate and I, I work at a local college and stuff like that. And, uh, oh, wow. and I was like, man, like I can actually like do things like I want to do now. This is, this is kind of yeah. cool. Like, this is fun. I'm going to go start a wrestling podcast. Here I am a year later. And now it's like, putting in the same number of hours as when I was a marching band director, <laughs> you know? Oh, but you're man. Doing something right. you love. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm having, and I loved being a band director, but it was just, you know, sure. it, the grind was too much at, at one point doing it for, you know, I literally did it for nine years straight and, uh, wow. and my, my body wasn't letting me do it anymore. Uh, sure. All right, Tyler, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this guy back over to you. I want you to ask one last question before we transition into this week in wrestling, sir. Sure. And this is uh, going to be a kind of uh, goes with wrestling, but sports too. It's a tough one. Uh, if you had to pitch one sport to commentate, which one would you choose if you had just one to commentate? I know I'm not making it easy. You know, uh... Well, you know, it's funny. It, that's actually an easy question for me because okay, cool. uh, all my life I've always wanted to do professional wrestling. That really is the the ultimate dream of mine. It's such a difficult business to get into. Um, you know, for me, uh, that's just to me, it's more fun. I think it's a lot of uh, it's more of an acting broadcasting job, if that makes sense. You have to make yourself very believable uh, in sports. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And and it's, it's very live action. But with wrestling, you have to be able to tell a story. Uh, yeah. And in sports, it's not quite like that. So for me, that's always been a challenge that I've wanted to take on. And, um, you know, I don't think that dream will probably ever come true. But you never know. Uh, never say never. But, uh, you know, football and hockey are my two favorite sports that I do now. Uh, I really love those sports. And, and it's a lot of fun for me. But th that was an easy question. I, I really, truly would love to be a wrestling broadcaster someday and, and ideally uh, in, in AEW because I am a little biased with uh, sitting next to Excalibur and JR and, and Tony Schiavone. Yeah, well, hey, you, you could do it, man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I could see you guys as a team and I could just, if you needed to, you know, have me as comedy, you know, just put me in there. 
Uh, oh, come on, Tyler. You your commentary it. is much better than you're giving yourself credit for right now. Well, I, I know. I know, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thankful for you know, connecting with you guys, man, because I, I really, you talk about knowledge. I mean, I'm learning something. <laughs> so. All right. Well, with that being said, guys, I want to transition into uh, into this week in wrestling. And so, Colton, when we do this, we typically start with uh, the previous week's SmackDown. Now, uh, Tyler, you and I didn't get to didn't get to commentate about about anything last week on AEW or NXT because we had to film on Tuesday to accommodate the King. Go check out that interview with uh, with King Blackie, the current U.S. champion for ACPW. That's our uh, last previous episode. You can find that everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, but we're going to start with SmackDown. And uh, this Friday's, this past Friday's SmackDown was a little bit controversial. With that being said, the first segment of SmackDown this week, which is why I, I let in with that, uh, was very controversial because of the police presence. Um, and there was a lot of lash about it, uh, you know, a lot of backlash about it on Twitter. Um, and, and across all social media where Jeff Hardy was, um, you know, found in the bushes smelling like alcohol and his rental car had hit Elias. And, you know, there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Um, gentlemen, why don't, you know, Colton, why don't we start with you? Give, give me your thoughts on what you, what you were thinking when that segment started off SmackDown on Friday night. I wasn't a fan of it. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Hardy boys and, Jeff spot with his demons for a long time. And, you know, this isn't, I think with just the way the ages have turned in wrestling and, and in the world, um, if this was the attitude era, I might've liked it, you know, it's just because it was a different time. Um, this day and time, there's really personal things about dealing with, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol and different things like that. That's a really, that's a touchy thing to do. Um, but we'll see where it goes. We don't know where it's going to go. So, it could end up being something we like, you know, it could go back to like, I think the uh, Chris Jericho and CM Punk storyline many year, a few years ago where they kind of went into the details with CM Punk being an alcoholic and whatever that deal was. And they ended up making it CM Punk was just playing Jericho the whole time. So it could end up being something to that effect. Uh, I think there's going to probably be something with Seamus involved. Um, so we'll see, but I, I think right now I don't like it. Give it a few weeks. We'll see uh, how that goes from there. What, what did you think, Tyler? Uh, you know what? I, I agree with you uh, that it, uh, you got to be careful because of Hardy's past. But they're, they're just blurring the lines so much. I mean, you think about the Drake Maverick storyline. Not, not the same principles. I, I get that. But with him being fired now, and we'll get into that. But I don't know. I mean, they're trying to think, like you said, with the Attitude Era, trying to create some more shock and awe to start off SmackDown. But but the thing is, you just got to be careful using these situations, especially like Ted said, with the times and situations, I mean, and with Hardy's issues. And to me, they weren't patient enough with it. If you're going to sell that for the end of the show to already have him come out, I know I had to get fast forward to that, but it goes with that storyline with Sheamus. I that's really all my takeaway with it. I mean, they were trying to go for a cinematic kind of movie presentation, but this was in probably poor taste. Well, I, um, I agreed with you when I watched it on Friday night. And then I drove to work on Saturday morning up in, uh, up in Quaker Town at the Quaker Town Farmer's Market at the Secret Ingredient Bakery where you can get all your fresh baked goods. Um, so 
I was uh I was driving up to the bakery and I uh and I turned on busted open on the podcast and I'm listening to it and Mark Henry kind of went in on this a little bit. And Mark Henry actually swayed me. And usually I'm not swayed by anybody. Like my opinion is my opinion. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm gonna research it and then I'm gonna form an opinion. That's it. Right? I'm not gonna get biased by anyone talking to my ear. But I listened to what Mark Henry had to say and he said, you know what? This isn't the first time that alcohol abuse has been addressed on screen. It wouldn't have been done without Jeff's blessing. He wouldn't have done it if he didn't, if he didn't feel comfortable with the storyline. And it's wrestling. It's professional wrestling. Yeah. It's meant to take you out of the real world for a little bit. It's an entertainment show. And as long as you got a reaction from the segment, then the segment did its job. If you watch the segment and just went, ah, this is stupid. Why am I watching this? Then it didn't work. You weren't worked. But we all had an emotional reaction to it. And so therefore we were all worked and the segment did its job. You know what I mean? So, so, uh, you know, I I really, I encourage everyone, you know, go listen to last Saturday's busted open and listen to, to, if you listen to nothing else, listen to what Mark said about that. Because there was a there was a lot of real insight there from someone who's been in the business and been in his place. You know, his first storyline in the business was with Jake the Snake Roberts, and right at, it came right during the time when the King was sitting there pouring a bottle of Jack on him when he had been sober for for months. You know, and 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 offering him the bottle of Jack every week on the show. You know what I mean? So I just I feel like okay, I took a step back. I was like, you know what? It's wrestling. That's he wouldn't true. have done it if he didn't feel comfortable with it, you know? Um, so that being said, uh, I think what I want to do for the rest of SmackDown is I want to ask you guys for, uh, for something that, you know, give me something that you really enjoyed about SmackDown and something that you just really, other than that opening segment, we already talked about it and something that you just, eh, it, it didn't work for you for SmackDown for this week. And, uh, and Colton, I'll start with you, but tell, tell me something you really liked about SmackDown this week. You know, I love in WWE right now. I just think that the women wrestling is just so good. Um, you know, and I, I think Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks, I thought the match was really good. I mean, I was really entertained by it. The finish wasn't my favorite, but um, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was good action. And so for me, that was my favorite part of the show. And it usually always is. If it's Sasha Banks and Bailey related, those are probably my two favorite wrestlers in, in the WWE right now. So that was probably my highlight. Uh, now I will say I, I've genuinely been enjoying MVP being back uh, on television again and, and seeing him getting Drew McIntyre. That's really his whole purpose is to try and get Drew McIntyre over with some heat and then also help develop the storyline between him and Bobby Lashley. So that's, that's a big, a big thing for me as well. I like that, which I think I just talked about raw. I don't think that was SmackDown, but um, that's all right. But that's yeah, right. the women's wrestling was, Sorry, I got confused. But the women wrestling, I thought, was really good on, on Friday night. That's awesome. Tyler, what was something you really enjoyed about SmackDown, man? You know what? Uh, Colton uh, hit it on the head, though. But I'm going to go with the other match, Lacey Evans, Sonya Deville. These two, you know, I thought Mandy and Sonya was good. Hey, this has even more potential. I, I really love their chemistry. I liked even before the match when Lacey snuck up on Sonya. She was talking her trash. In the promos, I love the heel villain Sonya Deville. There's just an edge to it. I like her with Ziggler, even by herself. This is finally the Deville we need to see, and Evans even. 
she's becoming more aggressive. It's not always about the Southern sassy attitude. We're seeing more of that Marine edge, like, hey, I'm not going to put up with it. So I, I just yeah. like that match. I, I think with Colton and, like he said, the women just kind of steal the show a lot of times. I, I like that match. I agree. I, I got to say, my one thing that I really enjoyed about SmackDown was the uh, the Otis, the oh, Otis yeah. Mandy, uh, <laughs> right. Fast Times parody promo. It yeah. was fantastic. Oh, uh, right. You know, it was just it was so well done. It was so good, and and you can't help but just not you, you can't help but love those those two right now. They are uh, they're really stealing the show, even when they're not in the ring. They're stealing the show, and people are super invested in it. And it's it's super cool to see that. Yeah. They All right, are. let's uh, let's talk about something that that did not tickle your fancy, something that you did not like about SmackDown. Colton, I'm coming back to you, bud. Yeah, really, it just it goes. I I can't really say. I really enjoyed SmackDown, to be honest with you. Um, but I think the beginning was the only part I didn't really like. Um, but again, it's like you said, it is something that can develop into something good. Um, but I think, uh, the battle Royal, you know, I thought wasn't Mm -hmm. just tremendous. You know what I mean? I'm never a big fan of those. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I thought, uh, one of the Usos, which one was it? It was Jimmy, right? Yeah. Or was it Jay? It was Jimmy. I think it's Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, with him and Seamus coming down to the end there, um, I just thought the only thing I didn't like about it is that I thought it was too obvious who was going to win. I think it was Seamus. I mean, it wouldn't have made sense for anybody else to win. So it was just something they just threw to Seamus, like, here you go, here's a match to win. And it was a little too obvious. But, you know, there could have been some surprise factor in there. If I think I would have enjoyed it a lot if, uh, if Jimmy Uso would have wound up winning. I thought that would have made something good. But it just wouldn't have helped – with the push they're trying to give Seamus. Agreed. Agreed. Tyler. No, I, I was actually going to agree with uh, Colton on that one. Now, there was parts of the battle Royal that I liked, but he's right. It was, it got too obvious at the end and I, I'm with him. I thought SmackDown has, and even Ted said this has got better over the past several weeks. I think they're much improved. So that's all I was going to add. For, I agree for sure. For sure. Um, you know, I, I really, I didn't mind the battle Royal so much, but I hated the segment that set it up. Right. Um, I just, I wasn't a fan of it. It, it didn't, it didn't feel like it flew, like it was fluid or that it, it felt very forced. Um, but ultimately it is what it is. Um, I agree that I think that the battle Royal was probably a little bit too predictable, but at the end of the day, battle Royals usually are. In fact, if you want to learn more about battle Royals, you can go check out the, uh, the newest show on the network talking shop where Will and I go in depth about little Royal rumble and a battle Royal is um, for all of our, our listeners whose girlfriends are like, what the hell are they talking about? That's what we're talking about. Go listen to it. That's what that show is there for folks. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back around the corner, we are going to be talking a little bit of Monday night raw. We'll be right back with you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a quick break from the Jolton Joe Wrestling Radio Show just to remind you to check out all of our content on all of our various platforms for entertainment. We have plenty of shows up on the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Bullhorn, wherever you get them, you can find us there. We have plenty of shows that are YouTube specific. We have our new show, uh, the Wrestle Game Rewind, where we have Tyler and Lionel, they are checking out all the wrestling video games they can get their hands on. Highly entertaining. Go check those guys out. We have a show of all promos right now happening. It's the Promo Battle 
tournament and it's happening right here on the rewind youtube channel you won't find that on the podcast network so you got to go over to youtube to find those two shows we also have the traditional rewind wrestling podcast the jolton joe wrestling radio show that you're listening to right now and a new show called talking shop that are all on the youtube channel and on the podcast network so please go and check out all of the content you can from the rewind wrestling network and with that being said please remember to like us on social media and follow us on social media at W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's at Rewind Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under that handle. All right, folks, let's get you back to the Jolton Joe Wrestling Radio Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jolton Joe Wrestling Radio Show. We are here with Colton Fleetwood, and we are talking wrestling this week. And, uh, folks, let's let's get into Monday Night Raw a little bit here. And, um, and let's talk about Seth Rollins for just a second. And you know, I've been saying for, for months, and I've been criticized on social media for this, but uh, Seth Rollins is, is really pulling the Marty Skrull look right now <laughs> with the, with the, the yeah. fur jacket and the top knot. And, you know, um, he's looking a lot like Marty Skrull right now. But you know what? The, the Monday Night Messiah gimmick is starting to grow on me just a little bit. Um, especially since they put Austin Theory in there with him, and it hasn't just been him and Buddy Murphy anymore, um, because you know obviously the one of the guys from the Office of Pain got hurt, um, you know. But but really and truly, it's starting to grow on me now, which is which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, the the whole thing with Rey Mysterio, man, that that eye spot a couple weeks ago looked really really dangerous um but that just means that i got worked so i'm kind of happy with it because I, I rarely get worked anymore you know um but the uh the whole segment with like the retirement thing i just i, I wasn't feeling it and I, I don't know i mean i just felt like it was a very forced segment um you know for for all of the letting them go and letting them just talk that they've been doing lately and it's been great uh, i feel like this was a very one of those very scripted moments in, in monday night raw uh, you know, so that's that's kind of one of my downers for the week, I guess, for Monday Night Raw. Let's, uh, but let's start with you guys with something a little bit more positive. Let's start with uh, with something that you guys really enjoyed about Monday Night Raw. And uh, Colton, I'll come to you first, man. What's something that you really enjoyed about Monday Night Raw? Well, you know, I'm I'm really a huge fan of Alistair Black. I've been just waiting for his opportunity to get that push. You know. I- since he got out of NXT, I just feel like they haven't used him completely pro- properly. And I, I saw Mick Foley put on Twitter a while back, if they give him the the right uh, heel to give him a storyline, he can be a star. And I think right now that's what they're trying to do. Uh, and I think that was really good. Now, the match aspect of it wasn't tremendous, you know, the way they had it end. And, and then they start up with the tag team stuff. You know, it's not usually not always been my favorite thing. It's so predictable in WWE now, but it still wasn't bad. I thought the action in the ring was magnificent. And like I said, Aleister Black is, I think, one of the better workers right now in the WWE. Um, and of course, his dark presence, you know, it's a re- it's real, you know, kind of like what we talked about with The Undertaker. Um, it seems so real and you don't get that very much now in wrestling. And I think with him, it's real. I think he really is that guy. And even if he isn't, he makes me think he is. So that's, I'm a big fan of Aleister Black. I'm, I'm happy to see him getting that push. And, uh, I think him and, and, uh, Seth Rollins had a, a good, good match, I thought. And then of course, what I said earlier, I got it confused between that and SmackDown, but the thing with Drew McIntyre, um, I'm very happy to see Drew getting that push that he's, 
deserved for so long. It's just unfortunate it's happening during a pandemic where there's no audience at this because I feel like the audience would really love where Drew's going right now. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Tyler, what's something that uh, that you really enjoyed, sir? I tell you what, this may come as a surprise, but I'm going to have to go back to the women's. I tell you what, ever since the Iconics have came back with Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, there's been this aggressiveness about them, ambitiousness that I love. I think they've stepped it up even more on another level. And Nikki Cross, I like this program between them and Alexis Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Billy Kay, the singles match. I really enjoyed it. And I think Nikki Cross is a great worker. I knew she'd been well over the top, but they calmed her down. But even so, it just, it worked for me. That was a highlight. Oh, no. So that was one thing I enjoyed about Raw. The thing I did like was it was okay the first couple of times, but the whole Viking Raiders, uh, Street Profits, who can do better? I'm getting tired of that. Let's finally get a match. So, yeah, it was funny the first yeah. couple of weeks. So now it's getting old. All right. So Ty- Tyler jumped my gun and went to his negative, but that's quite all right. Oh, my bad. I, I didn't realize. Uh, he's longer <laughs> tenured on the show than I am. It's all right. So Colton, Let's uh let's come to you, man. Tell me something that you really didn't like about Monday Night Raw. Yeah, Tyler just said it. Yeah, that that whole <laughs> that whole thing that really is kind of just goofy to me. Um, this the, <laughs> the Viking Raider thing really is just not working for me. It really, I think they're great wrestlers and they were so good in NXT. But gosh, ever since they got called up, I've just not, and it's not their fault. I really don't think it is at all. No. Um, you know, the the writing creative team is just really, to me, and I don't think they're trying to do it unfairly, but they've been unfair to them. And, of course, the Street Profits, again, great in-ring ability, um, tremendous athletes and stuff, but uh, it's nothing against those guys. I just think what they've got going right now is just goofy. It's silly. But during the pandemic, they're they're doing everything they can. I think all shows are to try and come up with stuff to keep you entertained, whether it be cinematic stuff or comedy, whatever it may be. Right. And WWE has always had that sense of comedy, Um, you know, especially going back into the Attitude Era where, you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H were running around with, you know, sausages and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, I think that – I also think that it's harder to do comedy now than it was 20 years ago in professional wrestling because now – and I'm not saying this to to be – insensitive to to anybody but you know everybody gets offended by everything now <laughs> you know um and and with that being the case you know it's 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 harder to be funny because how do you how are you how can you be funny when everyone's constantly uh when everyone's constantly being upset about everything it's just it's craziness to me um so i agree that the segments are getting a little bit old um this one didn't particularly do anything for me that's that's a certainty uh something that i really just have not been digging well something else i want to say about those guys though where's bianca belair she like she showed up on the main roster she was with her husband she was with the street prophet she was doing her thing and then poof disappeared what do we not have memories can we not understand that she was there and now she's not what has happened here are we going to get any kind of update on this no oh well why not you know (laughs) um so that's that that bothers me but that's it is what it is um i think that uh there was something else that that really really bothers me uh on monday night raw right now and that is you know lana the lana experiment obviously failed right 
The Lana experiment failed for this, you know, 800 millionth time at this point. Uh, if anyone of that, of that couple should have been let go, it was her. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've been very critical of the fact that MVP has been getting back in the ring and that his retirement lasted literally weeks. And then he was back in the ring again for the WWE. He's like, this is my last match. I'm retiring. And then <laughs> four weeks later, he's wrestling again, you know. Um, so I've been very critical of that, but I've really enjoyed seeing his role with Bobby Lashley and helping give Bobby Lashley that rub a little bit. Um, you know, which is funny to say that, that MVP is giving Bobby Lashley the rub because Bobby Lashley was signed to the WWE before MVP was in the mid two thousands. Uh, you know, but, but he really, he made himself a bigger star than Bobby ever did in professional wrestling. Um, in my eyes. And so it's, it's nice to see that rub happening. And it's nice to see that those three guys, you know, those two and Drew McIntyre are putting something together that's really looks like it's going to be good. And then you get Lana involved with it. And you're just like, oh, no, please don't ruin this good thing. Please don't ruin this good thing. Please, please stop it. Stop it right now. No, stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and they just don't hear us, you know, but uh, that's the one thing I, I really did not like about about Monday Night Raw this week uh something i really liked about monday night raw though and i have to give credit where credit is due um i really 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 enjoyed the uh the segment with alistair black like you were talking about colton but i think beyond that um the the united states championship match with apollo cruz and kevin owens um and it got interrupted and they kind of Theodore Long did and made it into a tag match, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like it because it, it gives us a direction for Kevin Owens that he hasn't had in a little while. And uh, it puts him back in a title picture, which is, I think, desperately needed. And I hope he doesn't win it. I hope he puts Apollo over because I want to see Apollo get that push. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, Kevin deserves a better program than just being a talk show host. Uh, you know, I feel that way about him. I feel that way about the Miz, but it is, it is what it is. Um, all right. Monday night raw was a thing. Let's talk a little bit about NXT, uh, because then we're going to take a break from the WWE and we'll talk some AEW in just a few moments. Uh, NXT, man, uh, it was, it was another, another great show this week. You know, I was, I was really pleased with NXT. I actually took notes for the first time in a long time. Um, my number one thing about NXT, and, and I'm going to just kind of give some, some general thoughts here, and then I want you guys to react to them so we're not just stuck in the same rut of what we liked, what we didn't like here. Um, yeah. I was really excited to see Brizango back. I was really yeah. excited to see Brizango back. That was awesome. Um, super talented team. Never really got their fair shake on the main roster. They, could, they can have some real lights-out matches on the, uh, the NXT roster, and I'm excited to see them do that. Um, I still can't get into Cameron Grimes. He still just doesn't do anything for me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I feel like the 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 Lee Yim versus the Garganos tag match. It started off as you know uh, Yim and Larray, and then it turned into a tag match that Theodore Long did again. Um, you know. I feel I felt like it was it was like a it was the payoff match early 
And now there's nowhere to go with it except for the faces to win the same match down the line, right? Like we're getting two singles matches at NXT TakeOver and I don't think it's going to end there. I think it's going to end in another tag match. And um, I just feel like they, they, they burned it too quick. They should have done like another promo or something this week or just done one of the singles matches this week and had it end in a false finish or something like that. But I felt like it was really rushed. Um, I... I... Tyler, maybe you can help me out with this. Um, I just, I, 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 I don't get the Dexter Loomis thing, man. Oh man, yeah. Dexter, Dexter, just, uh, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I just, yeah. I can't get into it, man. Like, it feels like Heidenreich just with a little bit more intelligence behind it. Oh, wow. I, I just, yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't seem to to pull pull myself into it. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of the Chelsea Green firing Robert Stone. I think it feels disjointed. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, Tony Nice felt like his match was a like a filler match when he's certainly capable of more. Uh, I'm really excited for Cross and Champa. Yeah, that'll on, be good on Sunday, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. And then you know the the ending of the show, which I, I think I want to save that to talk about as a almost like a round table discussion at the end of this. So those are just some of my basic thoughts for, for NXT as I went back and watched it today on my DVR and yeah. uh, let's change it up. Let's go to Tyler first and Tyler, t- tell me what some of your thoughts were from the show. And if you have anything to add to what I said or, or argue with what I said, I, I encourage you to do so, but you won't because you put everybody over. Uh, well, now wait, now wait a minute. You, you mentioned Dexter Loomis. That's where I'll disagree with you. I mean, I get it. It's the way the creative, like Colton said, the way they're doing his promos. But I love that he's not talking. I, he's not going to be the darker character like a Kane or Undertaker or even Stick Crow Sting, but it's the context, man. I think I like his psychology and his in-ring skills, I think, to me, really stand out. There's something about him that's different, and I know we can't figure it out yet, but I think it's building to something better. I think it's just one of those things you got to be patient with he's just different and sometimes i like that something draws me to it whether it's right or wrong i don't know it just does and but i'm with you hey robert stone i will agree they ruin that to me keep that going maybe get a lead to that I, to me they they really did no favors there but I'll, I'll let colton jump in here i just i agree with that they ended that way too soon kind of robert stone did. colton what are some of your thoughts man yeah, you know, and I, I'm not great with NXT. Unfortunately, I don't get to watch it as much as I'd like, but uh, I've tried to kind of rush in a couple episodes throughout the day today. And, you know, I was, like you said, with, with Breeze Dango coming back, I love it. You know, I think both those guys are really good in-ring talents. Both of them are, you know, they, they're both good-looking guys, so the girls love them, of course. But now it's, it's gotten away from just that, you know, selfie stick and stuff like that. These guys are, are good competitors, and they need to let them be a little bit more real and, and try to follow up, and I think they're doing that. and They're doing a good job, so I'm excited about that. I thought that whole segment was great. Um, and then, you know, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with both of you a little bit on Dexter Loomis. You know, I haven't seen enough of him to really have a fair judgment, but um, I, I do see that hide and right comparison a little bit, which, you know, is a little – it just kind of comes off a little awkward to me. Um but at the same time, I think he's got some talent, and I think that this is something that if they can if they can do it right, he can be a star because he has the look. I mean, he's a, a big guy, intimidating-looking guy. If you saw him at the airport, 
you, oh, yeah. you turn your head. And so, you know, it just, we're trying to kind of see how they're going to play it out. And, and hopefully they do a good job. NXT tends to do a good job of it. But um, that's really, those are my main thoughts after watching this, the show. Yeah, he's definitely a Vince big guy build for sure. Yeah, yeah he's one of those. He's, he's definitely he's definitely all over that. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the end of the show, right? Uh, Drake Maverick does not win the Cruiserweight Championship. Triple H comes out, whispers something in his ear, hands him a contract, and uh, and they sign it live on the air, right? Um, now the rumor is that all over the wrestling, you know, the all over the IWC this morning is that now WWE has reached out to several of the people that they had let go on Black Wednesday and have offered them deals to come back at a significantly lesser valuation. And um and so a lot of those guys I think will search elsewhere. Now also a report that came out um I think yesterday or the day before AEW's put a freeze on hiring talent. So we can't assume that they're going to AEW that really leaves impact uh, ring of honor, MLW and NWA, right? NWA is not running shows right now. So they're not signing anybody, right? MLW isn't taping anything new right now. They're not signing anybody. So that gives us Ring of Honor. I think Ring of Honor shut down their tapings as well. That leaves us with impact. Okay. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in in a few minutes. But impact, you know, stoked that fire a little bit (laughs) and did their slammiversary bit. And so, you know, we we need to talk about that as its own thing. But uh, what I want to know, and this is what I think happened here, and I want your opinions on this. I think that Drake Maverick really was let go. I think that he really was working a, a, a week-to-week basis on the show. And he was probably told, listen, we need to cut payroll down a little bit for the next couple of weeks. We'll pay you the, you know, the enhancement talent rate to come on these shows for the next couple of weeks. And if we, you know, if we can bring you back, we'll bring you back. And then what I hope happened was that he really was surprised out on the stage last night when he signed a contract to come back. Do I think that's what actually happened? I don't think, I don't think, I don't think WWE would let that surprise happen on air. Um, without some kind of notice, you know what I mean? But man, I wish that that's, that's what happened. And, and I wanted your, your thoughts on that. Yeah. Colin. Yeah. I'll, I'll let him go ahead. Sure. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Drake Maverick. I, I really, I really am. I think he's got a great character. I think he's really a nice in ring talent. He can, he's a chameleon. Like I said, he's that term earlier. He can do it all. I mean, he really can. And so mm-hmm. I'm not upset to see them bring him back. Um, you know, his, his video on Twitter was, it tore me up. Um, it, it, it got tears in my eyes and I'm really not easy to break down. So that was pretty impressive. Um, I, I don't think that that was fake. I think that that was probably real. Um, in fact, I don't think there's really any doubt that that was real. 
I think that Vince McMahon and Triple H, the, the people up above, I think they saw that video and it did the same thing that it did to us. And they saw the media attention that it got and they thought, okay, well, we can use this. Let's, 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 let's bring the hearts in of the viewers. So that's probably what they did, um, which is that unfortunate, uh, maybe a little, but I think that overall, I want to believe that that was an authentic deal that happened on, on Wednesday last night. And, um, and if it was, that's awesome. And, and either way, it's awesome because Drake Maverick truly loves being with the WWE. So I'm not going to fault and be upset for him. I'm happy for him. And I think it's awesome one way or the other. But uh, mentally, I'm going to just believe that that was authentic last night and 100% real. <laughs> it's a good stance. Tyler, what do you think, man? Yeah, it was. No, I, I agree with uh, both those, uh, all those points. I mean, I like Drake Maverick a lot. And, and why not give him a contract? Like you said, with the Twitter video, how he can work, people love him. And I think that was yeah, you. Went, I want to suspend my disbelief at least, like you guys. I want to really believe that they hired him, you know, with that contract, he, you know, whether let go or not. But I, I was happy to see that ending. Ted messaged that out, and I was behind on the NXT show, and I was like, now I know what he's talking about. That was a great ending because he lost the title, and you thought, oh, no, it's over. It really had me going. And then Triple H comes out, and I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm talking about, gives him the contract. So that's all I'm going to add to it. I just agree with all those points. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that, that leads me into uh, the, the Impact Wrestling Slammiversary promo that, that aired on Tuesday night on Impact. And on that promo package, right, they, uh, it starts off with, you know, the report from Black Wednesday. And then it, it's, a, you know, kind of cut screen. First of all, I love that they included Rusev by putting the flag in there. That was that was awesome. But it, basically, all these guys have appeared at Impact at some point, right? And so they took clips of, like, Rockstar Spud, who was Drake Maverick, and the Good Brothers, and the Canalises, and, uh, and uh, Eric Young, and, you know, and, uh, oh, man, who was Zack Ryder's partner? Kurt Hawkins. Thank you, Kurt Hawkins. Um you know, the, the, all those guys were included in this montage. Now, it's obvious that they didn't re-sign Drake Maverick, right? Like, they didn't re-sign yeah. Rockstar Spud. But, I mean, I can't say that I would be terribly uh, confused to see some of these other guys show back up at Slammiversary. I mean, obviously, they've signed somebody because they wouldn't be airing this thing if they hadn't. Right. Um, you know, it's my personal belief that they've probably re-signed Eric Young um, because he was just never used correctly in the WWE. Um, And so I think that Eric Young probably has been re-signed. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Micah Maria Canales show back up on Impact. Um, I think that's where they were best used as well. Uh, And I... I have, I have, I think that Kurt Hawkins will probably end up there as well. Now, I had a conversation with Mike, who is one of our, uh, one of our consultants on the channel, and he comes on, he comes on the pod a whole bunch. And, uh, 
Mike and I were talking earlier today and he said, you know, I said, well, what about the good brothers? I said, I could see them ending up back over there at impact, even if it's a short term deal before AEW opens up the doors and they go over to AEW for the tag team wrestling. And he said, ah, I think they'll go back to WWE. And I thought about it. And I said, well, yeah, the reports are that AJ is pissed, right? That, that his buddies got let go. And uh, I can see him raising a little bit of a stink about that to make sure his guys get their payday back. Um, you know, so I, I don't know about the good brothers so much, but you know, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that any of these guys end up back in impact? And if so, who do you think ends up there? Well, I, I don't think Rusev, I don't think that's a guy that'll do it. Um, you know, I do, I do agree 100% with Eric Young. I think with WWE, they just didn't use him right. I don't think he was happy. I think when he got released, he probably fist pumped a little bit because <laughs> it, it shows he's going to have freedom. Yeah, for me. Um, and, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me with, with Kurt Hawkins. Uh, you know, I don't know. Because in WWE, I almost felt like, they never let you see how good of a worker he was. I don't even know how great he is, if he is good. Um, so in, in an impact, we'll see. Um, but, you know, hey, if they're able to get Rusev, God, that's huge. Because Rusev's going to draw some some people, uh, you know, trained by Gangrel, really a, a solid in-ring guy for a big guy. And um, he's my style, of that style of wrestling. So I, I think that there's a, a good chance that, well, I don't think there's a good chance, but I think that if there is um, that opportunity, it's huge for impact and their, their numbers will grow because of it. Cause Rusev is a big name. And I don't, I was surprised to see him let go in the first place, to be honest with you. Yeah. He, his release, I think was more to do with the fact that he, um, the, the negotiations weren't going well and they said, okay, well, we're just going to yeah. cut it. Right. Tyler, what do you think, man? No, I, I think, you know, the good brothers will be there. Canellis is, that makes sense. And, and just like you guys said, Eric Young, Rusev, we'll have to wait and see. But, hey, talk about one that we know is going to be there, Perazzo, who was in NXT. We know the vignettes are already going. I know it's not really with this package, but I think, man, that's, that's somebody who can really, that women's division, take them to the next level. I mean, because she's that good. I mean, that's somebody that was a great pick. Very good. Very good. All right. Let's talk uh let's talk a little bit of AEW, guys. All right. Let's uh you know, we I I know that I know that Colton's over here been itching. (laughs) He's been itching to talk about some AEW dynamite. Um so I'm gonna do the same kind of style of conversation here, give you just a couple of my thoughts, and then I want to hear what you guys have to say, really. Um so first of all, I want to say that Sammy G the Spanish God is a shining star, no matter what his role is on the show. He has great expressions. Whenever he's in the ring, his work is fantastic. I, the guy is just awesome. I love watching him. Um, the, the tag team championship match to kick off the show, I thought was really phenomenal. Great, great, great work. Really highlighted what tag team wrestling is all about. Isolating that partner, getting the hot tag. Uh, really enjoyed watching the match. Um, I thought that Arch, I think that that uh, Lance Archer really rebounded well from his loss um, against Cody and, and had a great promo. I didn't like Jake Roberts' reaction to it. 
Um, I, I thought that Jake Roberts' reaction should have been very like, yeah, that's my guy. And yeah. he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why? Uh, two weeks ago, you were throwing your snake down on Brandy Rhodes. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, make up your mind. You don't have multiple personalities on this show. Um, you know, I, I really liked the Brian Cage mock segment. I, I, I thought it really delivered. I wish that Brian Cage and Taz had had the last laugh of the segment. To me, it kind of, the end of it fell flat because Mox got the upper hand. And like when the face leaves with the upper hand, it's like, well, where do we go from here? What are we going to do today, Pinky? We're going to try and take over the world. You know, like, come on. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Jericho Cabana match, I thought was really fun. Uh, cool ending with the, uh, uh, you know, as a martial artist, seeing like that reversal application of that, of that spinning elbow was really cool. Uh, really enjoyed that. I love Orange Cassidy. And I'm kind of glad, you know, like, I'm not glad that Joe's not yeah. here, but I'm glad that Joe's not here to roll his eyes at the fact that I'm saying that I love Orange Cassidy because <laughs> he does all the time. Um, I think Orange Cassidy is just so good. And he came out and he put Jericho's hands in the belt. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Uh, you know, it was, it was so well done. Um, so I, I loved that bit. Uh, you know, but that being said, one of the biggest complaints on the IWC has been that the WWE crowd is scripted too much. And we can tell that they're only cheering for the good guys. If you listen to the crowd last night on AEW, you heard exactly that. The crowd cheering for the good guys and not the bad guys, you know. So all of you, all of you AEW marks out there that are like, AEW is better than WWE no matter what. the Okay, listen. It's the same both ways. I don't want to hear your crap. Okay. Uh, Big Swole. I think that she's fantastic. I think she needs a championship around her waist within the next three months or she's going to die out. I loved the Mighty Mighty Morphin Power Rangers gear. Um, Cody and Jungle Boy was a a really fun match. Uh, Got a little bit of color in the match. Cody got busted open. Uh, You know, really nice, nice thing to do. And then I want to save the Jericho Tyson bit for the end here. So, uh, Tyler, why don't we go to you, buddy? Tell me, sure. you know, what do you think about my comments? What do you think about the show? Anything you want to add? Anything you want to argue with me about? Right. Uh, hey, the tag team match, I agree with you. I just want to say, I know Omega takes a lot of flack, but the guy is a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people want to say, oh, he's, he's doing his hands, you know, and with all due respect, but whether it's tag team or singles, the scary thing, we've not seen just how good he can be, and that's already pretty good. So I'm just going to say the tag team match was good. I like uh, FTR being in AEW. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's only going to add to the tag team division. I agree with you about Big Swole a lot. Of I mean, the, the main event, Jungle Boy and, and Cody, I, I think Jungle Boy just keeps getting better. They mentioned it. Just in a year's time, he's already just took over and took off. I mean, so – Really, all what you said. I just I'm, there's really nothing to disagree. I, I enjoyed AEW and the Jericho Cabana, and I'm going to turn it over to uh, a big time AEW fan, Colton Fleetwood, get his thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought last night's AEW episode, as as far as the pandemic goes, when they stopped doing audiences, I thought this was probably their best show. Um, unfortunately, the viewing wasn't as good as it was when Mike Tyson was there the week before. Um, now the We'll talk about the Mike Tyson thing, but 
Uh, as far as uh, Jericho and Colt Cabana, that was actually probably my least favorite match of the night. Um, it wasn't bad by any means. It just wasn't my favorite. I, I don't think that um, – I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get Colt Cabana to be Brody Lee's next, you know, kind of the next deal. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Now, Cody and, and Jungle Boy, really, really good match. Um, and then one thing I have to say, uh, I think you said it already about – um the segment with Lance Archer I liked it a little bit I wanted to go a little further I was hoping that he was gonna take Alex Marvez out you know sorry Alex Marvez I, but I, I was hoping that they were going to do something like that because it brings the heat even further on him but I just wish Jake Roberts would have been a little bit more like encouraging to that like almost to a point where Lance Archer's like ah, I probably shouldn't do this but Jake the Snake's like no let's let's take him out you know um, that was the only way I would have liked to have seen that go. Um, and then of course, Brian Cage, I'm interested to see what he does. You know, he's a big guy, you know, again, one of those guys you see in the airport, you're going to turn your head. Uh, it'll be fun to see where he and John Moxley go. Uh, and I think they did a good job. I just, I would have liked to have seen something happen there at the end instead of Mox just kind of walking out, like you said already. I agreed with really everything you said. Um, and then I'll end on this because I was most impressed with it. And I have been so critical of the, the ladies in, in AEW. Um, <laughs> I thought this was a good match. The storytelling in the match was really, really good because Big Swole, a lot of people have criticized the name because they're like, well, she doesn't look that, that, that swole, you know, that ripped. But she really did a good job in showing her strength. And I really liked that um, – uh, Gosh, I just went blank on her name. Nyla um, Rose. Nyla, yes. Nyla, I, I thought she did a really good job of selling the strength. And they did a good job. It was a, it was a really good match. I thought it was probably a top five, maybe better match uh, as far as females go for AEW that they've had so far. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, guys. So the next thing that, that we have to talk about, I think, with regards to AEW is the Mike Tyson thing, right? Um, a couple weeks ago, we see this video of Mike Tyson – cropping up on the internet where he's training and he's you know beating the piss out of some guy in pads god bless him <laughs> you know um just really just going just going ham and and showing that he's still got that speed that mike tyson speed which is awesome um you know and and then we see him there to give the belt away uh for the tnt championship and then jericho calls him out on dynamite two weeks ago or I'm sorry, a week ago, and uh, and you know basically brings up something that happened, I guess, in the WWE. I don't even remember it, you know. <laughs> but, so they're carrying over a WWE storyline over to AEW. This doesn't smell like the NWO at all. Not at all. <laughs> this doesn't smell like it at all. <laughs> Come on here, you know. Um, no, sorry about that. Uh, so, you know, I just I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, man, poor Mike Tyson couldn't rip that T-shirt. And then they they made a gift meme out of it later, right? It was how good are pro wrestling tees, tees, <laughs> right? Um, you know, and and they they still centered on it. They centered this whole thing with Jericho on on Mike Tyson this whole time, and um, I just I, I feel like you know, listen, don't make the WCW mistake, right? WCW would bring in these old people and they would bring in these big names from outside of professional wrestling and they would highlight them so much to the point where people were like, isn't this a wrestling show? 
pretty sure Dennis Rodman's not a wrestler, right? <laughs> so I feel like that's the point that we're going to get to very quickly with Mike Tyson, especially because he can't be his own mouthpiece because everyone, no one will take him seriously. Um, you know, oh, I shouldn't say that. He's a bad mf'er, but <laughs> but but at the end of the day, you know, it's just it's it's. He's been made fun of so much because of his speech impediment that it's hard to not take that into account. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't have a good feeling about it. I'm looking for, for some thoughts here. Colton, what do you think, man? Yeah. Um, it's, it's 100% about trying to gain viewership. I mean, that's, it's all it is. And it worked. I mean, gosh, they were up quite a bit. I think they dropped a hundred thousand viewers in one week from you know, having Tyson off the show or on the show from off. But, um, you know, Mike Tyson is big money. That's is the same as the guys like Floyd Mayweather, whomever it may be in boxing, those big name guys, they, they draw. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm not a fan of it, but I understand it. It's one of those things when you're a business guy, it's just, you have to do what's going to help you get the viewership. And, um, now, the one thing I have to say about the, the inner circle and, and Jericho altogether, they're kind of leaning a different way that I'm not a fan of, trying to be a little too comedy and funny, which they've done a little bit throughout the whole time, but not quite to the, not quite as much here recently. You know, it's been pretty, pretty rough for me. Um, a couple segments here in the last few weeks I've not liked. I really want to see them do something to help them get over. And I don't think Mike Tyson's the answer to that. I can't see any way for them to help get him over. Cause I can't see Mike Tyson coming in and being like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna let Jericho put me in the walls of Jericho and make me submit. I just can't see that happening. So that's, that's really my thoughts on it. Agreed. And, and on that same train of thought with the inner circle, what the hell are they doing with Jake Hager? You know, the, the, the yeah. guy, I don't know. I mean, he was he was okay in the WWE. Got his world championship run long before he should have, and then people criticized him from there on out. He never really got a fair shake afterwards. Um, you know, he's a good MMA fighter. Uh, shows up in AEW, and he has a couple of matches. And his win loss record isn't great. It's not awful, but it's not great in AEW. Uh, you know, I, just, I, I get the feeling that AEW doesn't know what to do with big guys, right? Like they're let, I think they're letting Taz book Brian Cage. And that's the only reason he's been successful because they didn't book Lance Archer. Well, they didn't book uh, uh, the exalted one. Well, they didn't, you know, they're not booking Jake Hager. Well, <laughs> These are all bigger guys. And, and if you look at who's running the company, you know, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, they aren't big guys. And so I feel like they just don't know how to use them. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, man, oh, man, I, just, I feel like he's directionless. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just completely lost in the shuffle, Jake Hager. Tyler, what are your thoughts, man? What do you think about the Tyson thing and the inner circle? You know, I think the Tyson thing, just like you guys said, they're trying to – play the whole DX, you know, let's bring Tyson in for the big, big angle. It can work. It's just going to have to be in an entertainment kind of way. Obviously it's not, I don't think anybody's going to take it serious with all the, and that's with respect to Tyson and Jericho because they know what they can do and not do. So it's, it's really got their hands kind of tied, but it's just to get the viewership because, you know, 
they feel like they're getting the momentum. They're trying to do all they can. And, and much like that reference with WCW, because I was watching Nitro back then. I remember Rodman, Malone, they were pulling out all the celebrities. So I agree with you there. I just think, and then the inner circle, I told them, hit it right on the head. It was okay when they were doing a little bit of the funny stuff, but it's like, you got Jack Hager, you've got even proud and powerful. You've got to make these guys be more credible, more serious, like they're bad men and they're kind of playing off that. So I'm just, you know, I can't really disagree. I'm just adding on to what you guys are saying, really. Got it. Got it. All right, guys. Well, we are starting to run out of time, but before we do, it is, uh, we're coming up on another pay-per-view here. Um, you know, pay-per-view as much as NXT has them. And uh, so NXT TakeOver In Your House happens this weekend. And Colton, on this show, we like to do predictions, mostly because I like to gloat and, and show everybody how big my wrestling IQ is, even though I did lose one recently. We're not going to talk about that because if we do, I'll get all red in the face and get pissed. Uh, so I, I'm going to go through the card here, and I'm just going to run down what our matches look like. And, uh, and then I'm going to ask you guys to give me your prediction, who you think is going to win. All right. So let's start with uh, the six-woman tag team match. We've got Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and uh, Raquel, Raquel uh, Gonzalez. What do we think here? Tyler? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and... Uh... Candice LeRae. Was that all that was in there? Because there's a lot of women in that match. I'm yes. Yeah. Just make sure I had the count. I, yeah, that's my prediction. Thank you for getting the name right for me, by the way, because I'm just awful with it. No, hey, listen, thank God for Google. I had to go with it. <laughs> all right. Colton, what do you think, man? Yeah, I agree. I think that this is one for the heels. I think this is, and I'm a huge Candice LeRae fan. I really like her. So that's that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go on that same train. Um I think that and this is going to lead into another match for me later. I think that uh I think that both Candice and uh Johnny have to come out on top because it's going to lead to the eventual payoff that we'll get later. So I agree uh with that assessment. All right, then the next one we've got is Finn Balor and Damian Priest and this is a match I feel like it was built up, but it it wasn't. It was like, oh, hey, we're going to have a match a couple weeks ago. Mm. Uh, I'm going to attack you. <laughs> cool. Like, that was it. Like I feel like that's all we got, you know? Um, but I'm going to – I mean, it's on the card, so we, we got to predict it. Tyler, what are you thinking here, man? You know what? I'm going to pick Balor, but I'll add this. I think Priestess do one. But I, I just don't see Finn Balor losing. I, I don't know. And I'm with you. They they lost the story. They kind of blew it. And I, I'm a big fan of NXT. I don't know what was going on with that. But th- yeah. that's who I'm going with, Balor. Yeah. Colton? Yeah, I think Finn Balor. I, I mean, gosh, I don't know how you can't put him over. Now, I will say I Damian Priest is a guy I do think deserves a push at some point. But uh, at this point, I just the way things are leaning and how rushed it was, I think Finn Balor is going to come out on top. Yeah, I feel like this is a placeholder match for Balor because they can't get Walter here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the big feud is Balor Walter in the in the payoff, and uh, and I don't think that they'll have Balor lose going into that. I think they need to make him look as strong as possible so he looks like a credible threat to Walter. 
So I agree. I think Balor will win. All right. The next one here, and this is perhaps the match that I'm most excited for on the card, is Tomasco Ciampa and Karrion Cross. And if Joe were here, he would be drooling because he loves Cross. Uh, but but Ciampa Cross, I think it's been built well. I think that Cross has looked very dominant as he's come into NXT so far. Um, I think that Ciampa is someone that can work with anybody. It's going to be a hell of a match. Tyler, what are your thoughts, man? Who do you think is going to pull this one out? I like uh, Ciampa, but I'm going to have to go with Cross. Since he's debuting, I think you got to give him the win. There's so much buildup and investment into his character and to him and what a talent. But I, I'm with you. It's going to be a, a show stiller. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's really, I mean, Cross is one of those guys that is really up and coming right now. And I think they're trying to use, they want Sean, but really help, you know, build him up and that that's a way to do it. So uh, yeah, I think Cross gets the win here and I'm just waiting for one of you guys to disagree with my notes here. Everything, everything I uh, have, you guys are agreeing with. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, this is this is very unusual. We never, <laughs> we never are all on the same page. But uh, right now we are because I agree. I think that Karrion Cross will come away with the win. Although I will say that I think that it will happen because Scarlett Bordeaux gets involved. Okay, so I, I don't think it will be a clean victory. I think Ciampa will push him, and Bordeaux will get involved, and then we'll see Cross win. Um, all right. Lee Gargano. Tyler. Oh, this is a tough one, man. I, my gut feeling wants to say Johnny Gargano wins the North American title, but I don't see him taking it off Lee this soon. I, I don't know. It just something tells me Lee's retaining. Okay, so you think Lee is going to win. Colton. Yeah, I you know, I think Keith Lee's probably, in my opinion, gonna win this match. And that's because, you know, his his title run so far, it's like and it's not his fault. It's one of those things we talked about earlier. It's just been kind of a a cluster, I guess, is the word I want to use. And again, not his fault, but I just think by him being able to finally have that great title defense and beat Gargano's, I think that'll really give him credibility in a, in a marquee match. So I got to go with Keith Lee on this one. So I uh, I wish that I thought that Keith Lee was going to win this match because I hate the way they're booking Johnny Gargano right now. I despise it. (laughs) But I think Gargano is going to win here. Um, I think that, like I said earlier, I think he and Candice both have to win on this show in order to propel us to the point where the faces get the win later um, between the two of them and Lee and, and Mia Yim. So that being said, we finally have one (laughs) <laughs> where we don't all agree are, and I'm going to put down Gargano for myself here. All right. Up next here is the, uh, the triple threat for the NXT women's championship. And that is Charlotte flair versus Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Yeah, man, the thunder's rolling. Damn. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to redo that one so I can edit that out. All right, so the next match we have here is the NXT Women's Championship between Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Uh, I think that this has an opportunity to be a real show stealer. Um, I I think that these three women are all phenomenal workers. I think that this could be 
uh, a lot of fun to watch, and I'm super excited for it. Tyler, I'm going to come around to you first here. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I, I want to hear you say it. No, actually, I'm going to surprise you. I think Rhea Ripley's going to take it. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. I, I mean, I love Charlotte, and I love Io Shirai, but something tells me they've just been waiting for this opportunity to maybe put it back on an NXT superstar that maybe Charlotte just need to carry it to this in your house. Okay. I know, yeah. I went against my, my nature. Though, I, okay. I think, yeah. All right. Yeah. What about, uh, what about you Colt? Yeah. You know what, Tyler, I think you're exactly right. Um, look, I'm not a huge fan of Charlotte being on NXT. Um, you know, I think that this is one of those things they did for viewership a little bit. And then also, you know, to help with some of these, these female wrestlers, but with her as champion, it makes the NXT women's division well stagnant to me. So I think it's time. Um, it's a pretty quick turnaround, but I think Ripley gets the win here. I, uh, interestingly enough, I do agree that Flair will lose, but I don't think that it will be Ripley that wins. I think that Io Shirai is going to get that nod. Um, and I think that that's going to lead to an Io Rhea Ripley feud for a couple of months that uh, that will get us Ripley finally getting the title back before she jumps up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's that's where it's going for me. I'm going to say that Shirai is the winner. All right, and then we've got the NXT Championship, gentlemen. This is Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream in a blackout brawl, uh, and uh, if. If Cole wins, Dream cannot challenge for the championship as long as Cole has it again. And, uh, you know, the the rumor mill is that Cole could be running up to the main roster soon. So I'm looking to see what you guys have to say here. Tyler, what do you think is – who do you think is coming away with the championship? You know, kind of like it makes me think of the Baylor-Priest match. I want to say Velveteen Dream, maybe it's his time, but – Adam Cole's had that belt for so long, and you got to think about undisputed error, just how they do. They're like a pack of wolves in a good way. I just don't see Cole losing it, but, you know, with that rumor, it could change. But I'm, I'm still going with Cole. Okay. And Colton, what do you think, man? Yeah, finally, Tyler, you and I are going to uh, disagree a little bit. I think okay, that yeah. team dream has to win. I think he has to. I, I think this is one of those things, like, he's been paying his dues for a long time. And, um, you know, and I've heard a lot of rumors about, you know, Adam Cole, of course, maybe going to the main roster. I think his contract's expiring, too, so um, somewhat soon. So I think, I think I just think it's time. Um, you know, I don't know what the, what the uncertainties are with Adam Cole, but with uncertainties, Vince doesn't like him. Um, and so I just think that I think this is one of those opportunities and it's a good opportunity to get the title on somebody else. And, and there's nobody to my opinion that deserves it more than Velveteen dream. Yeah, I have to, uh, I have to agree with you, Colton. I think that the dream is going to take this one. Um, because I think that it's going to make the UE finally have their breakdown. I think, I think that that's going to be a thing. So, all right, so I have all three of us picking Larray, Kyan, Gonzalez, all three of us picking Balor, all three of us picking Cross. You two gentlemen pick Keith Lee, I pick Johnny Gargano. You two gentlemen pick Rhea Ripley, I pick Io Shirai. Tyler, you picked Adam Cole, and Colton and I both picked Velveteen Dream. 
Well, folks, it's getting to be that time. I, uh, I want to take just a moment and, uh, and thank once again our guest this evening, Colton. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I, I, we really appreciate having you on, and uh, we will certainly get your social media handles up on the, uh, on the website and on the, in the descriptions for the video and the podcast, and we can, we'll promote you that way. Um, you know, let people know where they can find you, though. Tell, tell, them, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. You bet. Twitter is the best place to find me at Colt Fleetwood. Um, you know, you can go to the OK Sportsnet website as well to hear some of my games. They're still on there. Um, so that's the best place to find me. I'd love to hear from people. And guys, thank you so much for having me. Like I said earlier, I was flattered that, that I was asked. Uh, it really meant a lot to me. And I love talking wrestling. And um, I've talked to Tyler numerous times. And so it was really good to finally get on here. I really, really do appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Colton. Yeah, we, we were happy to. It was awesome. Absolutely. And uh, Tyler, the new mouth of the South, Mr. I will put anybody over Peters. You know thank it. you so much for, uh, for helping me through this of being the, the, the lead host tonight. I, uh... hey, thank, thank you, man. I, the Godfather. Colton, we call this guy, you know, it's not Marlon Brando, it's Ted Cheney. He's the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, folks, couple of things, just a couple of reminders before we log off here. Please remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. Make sure that you're subscribing to the YouTube network and wherever you get your podcasts because we have stuff that comes out just on YouTube as opposed to coming out on both, uh, both platforms every time. Uh, this show comes out on both platforms. The podcast comes out on both platforms as well. Uh, and Talking Shop does, but the, the Wrestle Game Rewind only comes out on the YouTube channel, and the second round of the promo battle tournament that, that we have uh, scheduled is coming. With everything that's been happening in the world, some people have had some some trouble getting getting me their promos, but we're just about there. We have all but one or two now at this point for round two, so that'll be coming out next week, uh, for hopefully for round two of the promo battle royal. Make sure that you guys are you know, that you're following us on social media. You can find us at Rewind. That's spelled with a W-W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can find us there on on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all three of which uh, I respond to regularly as the social media person. And uh, and go check out our website, folks. It took me a little bit a little bit of time to put it together, but you can find out some interesting information about all of our people on the on the channel, except for Will because he uh, he apparently thinks that websites are evil. Uh, so, you know, you can find out a bunch of stuff about us and about our shows, and uh, and find out more about how to get involved with our network and get on our mailing list to find out when things are happening for us. All right, folks. It's been a pleasure talking wrestling with Colton Fleetwood and Tyler Peters here this evening on the Jolton Joe Wrestling Radio Show. On behalf of Jolton Joe, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. And uh, Joe, we, we certainly wish you all the best and your family all the best with everything you have going on. Hopefully we'll get you back on next week. And folks, we will have to catch you next time.